This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Good morning and welcome to episode number 87 of Go To Grandma. I'm your host and Go To Grandma, Kathy Buckworth. By the time this show airs on April 8th, 2023, I will have turned 60. That's an age when many of us might start thinking about retirement. I have friends just over and just under this number that have done so. Now, I'll admit I'm not ready for retirement, but I am intrigued by the thought process that has to go into retirement planning. When I ask my husband what he'd like to do when he eventually retires, generally his answer is some stuff. That's not really a good answer and tells me that he's not planning on retiring anytime soon either. When Josie Vogels thought about retirement at the age of 58, she immediately thought of the second home she already owned in Merida, Mexico. I've been to Merida. It's beautiful. The culture, the art, the food, the people. I loved my visit there. But what's it like to actually live and retire there? Josie's going to tell us what her thought process was and whether the dream of retiring in the sun with a tequila in one hand and a book in the other is what she thought it would be. Many of us have thought about where we would like to retire, and while it might be not as far away as Mexico, it might be somewhere else other than the home we are currently living in. But where do you begin your journey to look for retirement living? I have Karen Burt, the Director of Lifestyle Options from Schlegel Long-Term Care and Retirement Villages here this morning to help us start that journey and bust some myths about retirement home living. If you have or did decide to invest in foreign property, particularly in the U.S., as part of your retirement plan, have you also thought about what happens to it when you're no longer around? Your estate planning will change. I talk with RBC's Allison Marshall about what you need to know for our Take 5 with RBC interview today. I'm going to retire to the kitchen at Zoomer Radio here in the Zoomerplex in the heart of Liberty Village to grab myself a coffee, then race back down the hall to the studio to hear all about how maybe I'd like to trade this Java in for a morning margarita when I talk to Josie Vogels from her home in Mexico next. Josie Vogels is a former writer and realtor now living in Merida, Mexico. Good morning, Josie Vogels, all the way from Merida, Mexico. Hello. Hola, I should say. Hola, yeah, exactly. So you have retired there at the age of 58. You're like, that's it. You already owned a property in Merida. So that, you know, you already had that as sort of a a vacation home, I guess, of sorts, right? That's right. Exactly. We've been coming here for about 10 years. Mm -hmm. With, you know, we originally we weren't, I mean, we sort of had loosely in our mind that maybe this would be a spot to retire and um sure enough here we are 10 years later and uh we bit the bullet last fall and uh, sold our house in niagara and here we are so this is like the stereotypical sort of retirement dream you're not you before 60 you're such a baby so you're a planner i know you are josie so how did you plan for this so you know um i guess we did plan without even kind of realizing it but yeah because we did buy the vacation property down here and then, you know, as as a lot of people did, I think through COVID, rethought things. But we had, yeah, we had sort of planned, invested here, the property we had in Niagara. We do have a condo still there that we we um, we have to go back there. Mm-hmm. But a couple of years ago, when things, you know, our cat passed away, oh, no. weirdly enough, after 17 years, you know, my mother um, at the wonderful, very mature age of 97 mm-hmm. passed away. So there are a lot of things that kind of allowed us to let go of our life there. 
And with, you know, financially, we had sort of been planning. Um, we don't have kids, so that gives us some freedom. And we were able to plan um, to, um, we decided, you know, what are we waiting for, as a lot of people did during COVID. And so many people told us the biggest regret they had about retiring uh, and moving abroad was that they didn't do it earlier. So we thought, what are we waiting for? Let's try it. Um, there's nothing that says it has to be forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so we decided to sell the house and we had things sort of set up financially. We could live a little bit more cheaply here and uh, we're able to put everything together and as I said sell our, our house in, in Niagara Falls keep the condo as our permanent address there and move down to Mexico. So you know it, it all sounds great and I'm sure I'm sure there is margarita sipping. I'm sure there's lounging on the beach. I'm sure that's happening <laughs> but besides that you're really living there so what are some of the challenges and or surprises that you've discovered? I'd probably say that was the biggest shift is that going from 10 years of coming here for vacation, coming here and living here more permanently was a big shift for us because we, we really, there, there's a big difference between coming here and running around and vacationing and, you know, you're doing stuff all the time and living here and just settling into more of a day-to-day, um, you're not, you know, going to the beach every day, you're mm-hmm. not doing excursions every day, you're really just living here, we have our dog here, so our days are a little more calm, just involved, you know, a busy day is walking the dog, going for lunch, and then maybe meeting some friends for drinks in the evening, you know, it's, yeah. it's really shifting that mentality from, from vacationing to, to, to living here. And then, of course, the huge shift for me was going, I'm, you know, like you, I'm a doer. I'm a very, very much, a, um, uh, I was very much a busy person. Uh, I've been working since I was 18 years old. And that shift from getting up every day and having that extensive to-do list to sort of letting your day unfold, that's a really big mental shift for us busy people. Mm-hmm. And I know, I because I follow you on Instagram, of course I do, that you've really gotten into cycling lately and really, has, has that been a big part of it for you is really sort of, I want to say self-care, or taking care of yourself. You know, I'd say that's a huge part of it. One of the best pieces of advice I read from, um, because I'm a researcher and uh, and a planner, you know, I read some stuff about that shift from um, working all the time to retirement. And one of the things it really said was, try not to just like jump into things and fill your days up. And so what I've really done, one of the best things I've done was kind of like try and strip away everything. And then I only have been bringing in things that really, you know, the Maria Kondo thing bring mm-hmm. me joy. Yep. And I got to say, a friend of mine hooked me up with this group who goes for a, like a 50K bike ride once a week. And because it's so flat here, I didn't, I've never cycled long distance before in my life, but uh, we get out there early in the morning and it's a wonderful way to see the countryside here. And that's, yeah, that's been something that I've added in that's been a, a surprising joy. And I think that's one of the great things is that we can learn new things about ourselves that we didn't know before, right? We have the time, mm-hmm. we have the mental energy to spend on bringing things into our life that really do, um, that are our choice and that make us happy as opposed to things that we have to do. Yeah, I remember Josie Vogels on her cruiser bike down King Street in a dress with flowers in her basket. So it was a love of yours, obviously, that you were able to now you're able to devote so much more time to. Yes, absolutely. And I still do ride my bike around town (laughs) as a commuter here. But yeah, the the long distance thing is, is something new. I'm getting into the gear now. That's my new obsession. And so people that are listening, I think, oh, that sounds really great. But really, logistically, how does this work? So what advice would you have for someone who's thinking about retirement or is maybe already retired if they're thinking about going abroad for part of that retirement or all of it? 
Yeah, I think that, you know, we get caught up with the idea of living abroad because, you know, cost of living and climate and all of those things. And I think sometimes we, we um, you know, sort of the fantasy of it versus the reality of it is very different. It's, it's a huge adjustment mentally. And I think the biggest advice I'd give you is, like, take it easy on yourself. Give mm. yourself time. It is a process. Don't be surprised when, you know, a lot of things come up in terms of, you know, I was always that person whenever someone said they were retired early and they'd be struggling with retirement and I'd be like, oh my God, I'd like, you know, give my right arm to like be retired when I'm like in the thick of it. And, uh, but, you know, there is a reality of like suddenly, oh, who, what is my identity? What, who am I? You know, how do I spend my days? And it takes time. Um, my sister gave me some great advice when it came to, you know, when I was sort of here initially and I, I was surprised that I was one of those people that I was like, oh, this is more of a challenge than I thought. And she said, you know what? Retirement takes practice. And I was like, oh, Ah. I took that to to such heart and it's been such a great thing because I it allowed me to give myself time this is a process and with each month it it gets easier and easier and uh, you know as I can really start to feel like okay there's no pressure here I can just let myself go with the process and really enjoy the process as opposed to putting a lot of pressure on myself to like fill my days and to network and to find new interests and to figure out what the rest of my life is going to look like. Well, I'm going to have to book another flight to Merida. You know, I've been there once, but it was before you had a place there. I blew the timing on it. So I've got to get back there. And if anybody else wants to see how fabulous this place is, Merida is a really unique spot in Mexico. They can follow Josie at Josie Vogels and you're on Facebook as well. Thanks so much for sharing your journey with us, Josie. It's really inspiring. Always a pleasure to chat with you, and you are more than welcome anytime. (laughs) Yay! Okay, thanks, Josie. (laughs) All right, take care. Karen Burt has worked in a number of areas such as corporate housing, real estate, and event planning. She has over 10 years of experience in the senior living sector. She is currently the Director of Lifestyle Options with Schlegel Villages at the Village of Humber Heights in Etobicoke. Good morning, Karen Burt. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. Well, thank you for having me. So a lot of people, when they think of retirement living, maybe they don't even know what they're thinking about. You know, it's it's a huge sort of decision to make. So I think I want to start with what Schlegel Villages is all about. And how do we begin our journey about looking for where we want to spend, you know, the next whatever 20 years of our lives it could be? Well, first of all, I uh, work for the village of uh, Humber Heights in Etobicoke. And I uh, work for Schlegel Villages, and it is a family-run business. It is amazing. The team members, uh, the staff are wonderful, and it's truly a family environment. And I think a lot of times when someone is, is like, when is that right time to make that move? I don't think there is any set time. I think a lot of people wait too long in kind of making that decision. Um, I think the best gift that a senior can do is pre-plan for themselves and for their loved ones. I think it's uh, a big step, both for the person themselves and for their family, um, but we're definitely here to support them every step along the way. Yeah, my parents recently moved into a retirement home and, you know, they did do a lot of homework and they visited a bunch of them to get really comfortable. They actually went to events at the place where they wanted to move into to really get a feel for it. And what I love about um, Schlegel Villages is that it's got that village component. Can you share a little bit about what that's about? Yes, absolutely. Ron Schlegel, who grew up in a little town of Elsa Craig, and he wanted, and the family wanted, the villages to feel like that 
town, little town atmosphere. We actually have our, our main hallway in the village is called Main Street, uh, where you can find all the things that you would in your little village that you grew up in. So we have our town hall and we have our library and we have our um, hobby shop and uh, hair salon and barber shop. So there's so many kind of close-knit family opportunities um, within the building. Um, it's, a, it's fantastic. I know a lot of people would wonder what's the quality of life like at a retirement village. Maybe can you address that a bit? What does quality of life look like? I think that the Schlegel vision says it the best. I think it's that each person in a village where they have life, purpose, and are able to pursue their passions. They develop meaningful relationships and have opportunity to grow and contribute to their community. At the village of Humber Heights, you can feel that true feeling of friendship and community. And I think, you know, a lot of it obviously has to do with the team that's in place there with this staff. Is there anything, you know, special about sort of how the, the team training and that kind of thing to really, you know, deal with people coming in from all different sort of walks of life and different needs, honestly, when they come into retirement living? Yes, I think, uh, uh, well, we, we do extensive training here for our staff and, and we have to do training on a yearly basis. So we're always up to date on what the latest uh, things are. And the team is amazing. They are caring, compassionate. These are special people that work here and dedicate their lives to helping and being with seniors. I know I can personally say for myself, is that I love coming to work. I have my family at home, but I also have my family here at the village, and uh, including all the team members and the residents. Um, and I look forward to it every day. That's awesome. And, you know, you, you touched on this quite a bit um, in terms of the sort of the community and the family. And I think, you know, we hear a lot of promotions for like aging at home in place and whatever. And I think mm-hmm. what my parents have gotten the most out of their retirement living is is community and interaction and not just with activities, but with all the other people. It's such an important part of our lives. Yeah, it's I think over especially over the past couple of years, a lot of seniors have become very isolated lonely. Mm-hmm. I, I hear this a lot from um, families that come in. And uh, I, I think the biggest thing is, is once they do come in and, and they get adjusted to the environment and they start to meet people and meet other family members and, and the staff, they're like, wow, I should have done this sooner. <laughs> I, I, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So if I'm, you know, looking for, like I said, my parents are so a lot of people listening to the show, you know, are thinking about for their parents or for themselves. What advice would you give them when we start looking at retirement living? I think the biggest thing is take the step and make the call. We are here, like I'm, I'm speaking about, you know, myself mm-hmm. and my teammates here and the rest of the villages. Um, we are here to be a resource and a guide in this journey um, for everyone. Um, Whether you're looking in a month from now or you're looking five years from now, we can help give you those tools to help you make an informed decision when that time comes. So I think it's uh, uh, truly a a great opportunity. Um, There are so many opportunities in retirement living from book clubs to celebrations, building friendships, We've even have many family uh, members and friends of families that come in and volunteer just to be truly part 
of our uh, Schlegel villages here. It's amazing. And Schlegel Villages is based in Ontario. And if we want more information, of course, we can go to social media. Yeah. Uh, Schlegel is spelled S-C-H-L-E-G-E-L, Village, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And there's a YouTube channel where you can take sort of virtual tours, right, Karen, to see what it's all about. That is correct. That is correct. Amazing. Thank you so much for this. I, I love this information. And please listen, of course, to the podcast, which is co-hosted by yours truly, Elder Wisdom Stories from the Green Bench. And we share so many amazing stories from residents of your villages. Thanks again for joining us today, Karen. Okay, thank you. Allison Marshall joined RBC in 2006 and currently leads the high net worth planning and philanthropic advisory service teams of RBC Family Office Services. These two teams of experienced and credentialed accountants, lawyers, and philanthropic planners partner with RBC advisors to provide the highest level of service and comprehensive guidance to assist high net worth families in managing the complexities of their wealth. Allison's expertise includes tax and estate planning for executives, business owners, retirees, and individuals with cross-border planning needs. Good morning, Allison. Thanks so much for joining our Take 5 with RBC interview this week on GoToGrandma. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So today we're going to talk about estate planning when you own property in the U.S. So for those who own a foreign vacation home in the U.S. or who may be working towards purchasing one, the tax implications to an estate plan may not be top of mind. If you pass away while owning a home in the U.S., what exposure might there be to U.S. estate taxes? Mm-hmm. Now, many many Canadians and, and clients we have, they don't know that if you pass away while owning U.S. real estate, your estate may be exposed to U.S. estate tax. Um, so U.S. estate tax it may apply to your estate at the time when you pass away if the fair market value of your U.S. real estate property and any other U.S. property you own at death exceeds $60,000 U.S. So sixty thousand isn't that isn't that high. Um, however, under the current Canada U.S. Income Tax Treaty, Canadians may take advantage of some of the U.S. estate tax exemptions that Americans are able to take advantage of. So the next step you want to do is take a look at the fair market value of your worldwide estate. So that's your all of your assets that you own in Canada and in the U.S. and elsewhere in the world. And if your worldwide estate exceeds the U.S. estate tax exemption threshold, then that's what you have to pay attention to. The exemption threshold it changes from year to year, and sometimes it can change dramatically based on political wins in the U.S. Right now, in 2023, the exemption threshold has never been higher. The first uh, 12.9 million of worldwide estate value is tax-free. And just to give some context to that, in the year 2000, the exemption was only $1 million. Um, as of 2026, it's going to revert to $5.6 million. And uh, who knows what the next administration will do in the U.S. with these U.S. estate tax rules. 
So if your U.S., um, if your not your U.S., your worldwide estate value is above these thresholds, then you um, have to think about U.S. estate tax. If it's below these typical thresholds, let's say your worldwide estate is worth less than $5 million, you may not even have to think about U.S. estate tax. But if it's expected to grow over time or you think that you are above that $5 million, then it would be good for you to do um, an estimate with a planner who's, uh, who specializes in cross-border tax to find out if you have any U.S. estate tax exposure. And if, um, if you do have exposure, you want to um, talk with your planner about how do you uh, look at some strategies to possibly avoid U.S. estate tax if possible. And when it comes to owning a U.S. property, people may not always think about all of the what-ifs. So what happens to your property if you become incapacitated due to illness or injury while you own that piece of real estate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, most Canadians um, have a will in place and a power of attorney. And if, if you don't, then you should um, should get one. Um, and, and your power of attorney is really authorizing another person to act on your behalf if you become incapacitated. So it's important to set up that power of attorney to help address not only medical issues, but also legal issues. So what happens if you own a U.S. vacation property and you become incapacitated? And um, really, in that case, you have to think about what would happen if, you know, your family needs to sell the property or there's some sort of planning that needs to take place. It's important to know that in the U.S., state laws determine the validity of whether a Canadian power of attorney can be used in that state. Now, while some U.S. states recognize a foreign power of attorney, one one from Canada, um, as long as it's valid in your home province, um, then, you know, you, you have to know that it's not necessarily recommended that you rely on the U.S. state recognizing your Canadian power of attorney. So um, you want to know that there may be some logistical challenges if um, you run into a, a situation where your attorney has to sell your U.S. property. So what I would say is you'd want to um, think about whether you can do some planning for your um, power of attorney so that you don't have to get into these situations uh, down the road. And some advanced planning could really pay off here. So, Allison, what would you say are some of the planning approaches that our listeners should consider? So I would say that it's really important to speak with an expert before you buy your U.S. vacation and property. That's the best course of action to make sure you have everything covered. Getting the right advice from the beginning may help avoid problems should the unexpected happen. And if you already own a U.S. uh, property, then speaking with an expert now may also help mitigate any issues that can happen down the line. And uh, it's important because a well-structured estate plan may save you and your family from lengthy legal processes and considerable hassles down the road. Thank you so much for this, Allison. So much to consider. And we can go to RBC Wealth Management and follow RBC Wealth on social media as well, should we require more information. Thanks so much. It's my pleasure. Thank you. To me, retirement means doing what you have fun doing. 
Dick Van Dyke said that he's 97 and at the time of this recording, still having fun singing, acting, and dancing. This is hopefully the way we should all go into retirement, whether it's on a beach in Mexico or enjoying the community and support of a village lifestyle in our own neighborhood. Thanks to Josie and Karen for sharing their view of what truly looks like the beginning of something new and not the end of the road. If you want to know what Schlegel Villages really embodies, take a listen to their Elder Wisdom podcast, Stories from the Green Bench. It's co-hosted by yours truly, and we share some wonderful stories from the residents, delving into their colorful pasts and sharing advice for others. Next week on GoToGrandma, I welcome author Rhoda Maynard back as she tells me about her new book, The Starter Dog, My Path to Joy, Belonging and Loving This World. Rona never thought she was a dog person until she got a dog. She'll tell us how the book came about and what her dog teaches her that she feels no human can. I know people who say they feel like they should get a dog so they can go for more walks. Uh, spoiler alert, you can walk without a dog. Leave the leash at home and take a grandkid or two. Travel Ontario's Lisa Sefton is back with us to tell us about some of the great trails and hikes you need to explore this spring to put a spring in your step. We take it outside for our Take 5 with RBC interview as well as we talk about tech for nature, RBC's multi-year commitment to preserving the world's greatest wealth, our natural ecosystem. You'll hear how RBC is working with partners to leverage technology and innovation capabilities to solve pressing environmental challenges. I'm going to leave the studio now and go for a walk myself and maybe listen to a podcast or three as I hope you explore our past shows this way as well. In the meantime, thanks for joining our Go-To Grandma show today. I'm Kathy Buckworth, your Go-To Grandma. Enjoy your grand journey. Share your thoughts on this show with us. You can find Kathy on Twitter, at Kathy Buckworth, or email her, kathy at kathybuckworth.com. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.